Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Gotta make hay while the sun shines. What's this? This is Hello, Sunshine. What if by sharing our stories, we could change the world? Welcome to Hello, Sunshine. Hi everyone, Maeve Higgins here. This is My Best Breakup, the show about the breakups that transform our lives. We have broken up with so many things this season of My Best Breakup. Remember, we broke up with a dentist, with cigarettes, with Jesus himself. It's been such a journey. And this week, we're returning to a romantic breakup. Now, romantic breakups, we know what those are. It's when you and your person decide, not always mutually, that they're no longer your person. They're just a person, just anybody. It's sad sometimes, and other times it's good, and other times it's in between. The thing is, no two romantic breakups are the same, really. They each come with their own special blend of heartache. And that's why I'm so grateful to my guest this week, Shan Boudram. She opened up about her breakup. Shan is a sex educator and a dating coach. She also hosts Makeup or Breakup. Now that's a Facebook Live series that I watch. It's one where couples leave the fate of their relationships up to the audience. Now, I fantasize about being in the audience and like forcing people to break up with each other just so I can go out with one of them. <laughs> but that's not what it's about. <laughs> it's supposed to be like a mature take on like, really, are you two really doing the right thing? Should you stay together and fight for this or would you be better off apart? But I don't take that mature approach. I'm just like, I want that one. But anyway, that's just me. Now, before Shan became this well-known relationship expert, she actually had a really wild breakup herself. Shan's love affair started in high school. She was living in Canada and this guy caught her eye. He was a basketball player and everybody was always excited to see him at the tournaments. People who didn't know what dribbling was <laughs> had no business talking about layups yeah. like pile into our gym to see this guy. So he used to come to your school. And so how did you kind of like stand out from the rest of the crowd who wanted to meet him and thought he was the best? Girl, I did not. I had braces. <laughs> I was so awkward. I just like gawked. And there was another girl from a different school who was like, you know, the super pretty girl who for some reason had all the magical powers at 16. And wow. that's who dated him. And we're all like, that makes perfect sense. And so it really wasn't until I was like 21, 22 years old. He opened up a business and I faked an order so that I could meet him. <laughs> and that was like the beginning of, of how our courtship began. But even then, I didn't start officially dating him until I was 26 years old. And when I was 26, my literal thought was when he asked me out, I had known a lot of like negative rumors about him, but he's been in my life sort of, you know, ceremoniously since I was 16. Was he on your mind or was it just he was just like this idea that was kind of it's kind of like a healthy mix. Like, I'm not sure if you ever got to date your high school crush. No, I'm friends with him on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> Does he know that you were like wildly obsessed with him at some point? <laughs> no, I'm always just like, oh, your baby's turned out so pretty. Like, oh, in your head. And you never comment that? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> of course not. Uh, yeah. He was just like this person whom... I just definitely like held a space for and when I started to actually interact with him romantically like even like a 21 22 I was like oh this guy's not a great apple right mm. not like 
probably the best person to partner with. And so at 26, I had gone through a major heartbreak with someone else. And then he started to show up a lot. And he was really giving me a lot of attention and hanging out with me a ton. And so when he asked me out, my literal thought was, this guy's been so important to my life, he might as well be an ex. And that's how that relationship started. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. That's incredible. Right. So like you knew somewhere you definitely knew. Um it does sound like he was your ex before he was your boyfriend. Yes. It was just like, you know, you kind of had those relationships with somebody that feel really in depth, but you never officially dated. So it just kind of feels weird to describe mm-hmm. it. I mean, mind you, I was in that relationship for five years. And so midway through, I forgot the original goal, which I wish I remembered throughout that this was supposed to be temporary. This is not supposed to be mm. the thing I forced into my forever. But, you know, as, as time goes on and you start to get a loss of logic. And that's when I started to shift this person into being, well, this is my husband. Let's try to make this work. And I go back to that original thought I had and said, mm, that was kind of more on the nose. So can you like tell us what it w- what was good about it? Like what made you kind of forget your plan to just, you know, temporarily date him? Yeah, I would probably say, you know, a healthy relationship is 80-20. It's 80% good and 20% conflict. I think conflict is a mm-hmm. natural, healthy part of relationships. While this relationship was 20-80, there's like glimpses of, of times that you're like, wow, we really had a great time or a game night that we went to but then majority of the time that I think about those memories there's like a not so distant one of when it went terribly wrong so we would have these great connective moments and then like later on that day if I thought about it it turned into like some type of catastrophic argument Mm. did your parents like him you know they kind of had the same thing um at the end of our relationship, my parents took me out for like an intervention lunch. and was like, this has to stop. And they adored him as a person, right? Like they, he's very charming. They, he came on vacations with us. They liked him as a person, but they just hated the relationship and hated seeing our interactions and just how toxic it was. Um, So as an individual, they liked him, but as a, as a, someone that their daughter was to spend her life with that I don't think anyone saw that. But you saw it, right? Like you said that you were picturing him as your partner, like your husband. How far down that road did you get? I mean, girl, that's just addiction. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I think at a certain place in, in life and as well too, like we're peddled certain messages like love is hard. Relationships are hard. Um, anything worth having is hard work. And so when you're going through all these hardships, you're like, well, this is a part of it. This is the process. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be uh, simplistic. And those are the messages that you remind yourself of when you're going through this because you love someone so deeply, but you hate who you've become in the process. And that kind of distance is really hard to put together. What was it that you like didn't like about what you had become? Was there a moment where you thought like, wait, like this isn't Shan, like this isn't me? Girl, I became one of those like tracking ass motherfuckers. Like I honestly could have <laughs> Did written you look a in his book. Phone? Oh my gosh, looked in his phone, like knew his email password. I'm talking oh. about I would know how to figure out because he changed <laughs> his password often for his phone. And I was like a detective. I figured that I cracked that like 18 times. Like, he had to keep changing oh it. Oh my God. It was nuts. Like So he obviously knew like it was an unspoken thing? I mean, like between both of you, it was spoken about because I'd find the phone and find stuff that was terrible. So I'd have to confront. And so then he would change his password and then I'd go a bit longer and then find something else. And so there was a constant discovery happening and it, it rewarded that behavior that I had become. And I never thought I would be one of those women. Like I literally at some point like forwarded all his emails to me. 
and just so I could see what was coming in. It was just a very, it was an all-consuming time where a lot of the values that I hold dear to and a lot of what I think makes me a great human being, I completely lost track of. And just what you put up with as well, too. Like, you don't think you're that kind of person. And that breeds a certain hatred. What was it that you were putting up with? What did you find in his um, in his emails? I mean, he was cheating, obviously, like the multiple right. time. Like, I could probably list by name eight people that I knew of within our five years. But I'm sure there was way more because, I mean, you can't be that dumb. Like, there has to be eight that slipped by and, you know, maybe ten that didn't. But, you know, it's just such a testament to, like, the work you've been doing and your, you know, your fans and the people who look to you for advice know what you, you know, what you're capable of now. But I guess this was, you were younger, you were in your 20s. And also it sounds like you you knew him since he was 16. He was like this ideal person. And then five years is a long time to be with somebody who's not treating you right. Like, I think it would do some damage. Oh, 100%. I read a lot of books afterwards that like I would literally, girl, be screaming in my car as if I really? found out the potion that he was using on me. Like emotionally manipulative relationships where the person blames you, um, tells you that there's something wrong with you and this is why this is happening. And they'll treat you really good one second and then start, you know, damning you the next. And like I found myself constantly trying to prove to him that I was capable of loving someone else, that I was capable of being good. And he used to constantly call me a quitter. And so I just found myself in a constant position trying to prove that I was a good person to him. I was always trying to prove that I was lovable and worthy of love and worthy of someone being faithful to. And I think that just that trap that they place you in, it's, of course, complete BS from day yeah, one. Yeah, and it's it's unwinnable because he's never going to actually turn around and say, you know what, you, you know, you're fine because the whole way he's keeping you is by undermining you. Exactly. And as long as I'm the one who's in the wrong, he never has to change. Yeah. And who wants to change? Like, that's not fun. Like, doing the work on yourself, boring. Like, I'd rather pick on someone else. Shan is in deep. She's stuck in this vicious cycle, and the good moments are getting fewer and further between. She got a visa, a US visa, and she planned to go and work in California, but the job fell through. She decided she would stay in Canada and make a go of it. She'd move in with her partner. But the whole time, she was beginning to see that she needed to break up. Five months into our lease, I was just at the height of misery. I remember there was this billboard outside of like the place that we lived that was like a cake, like one of those freezable cakes. And oh, yeah. I used to stare at that billboard for hours and just cry. Like, I think in that place that we lived together, there wasn't a square inch that I wasn't on the floor crying in at some point. And like, even oh if I God. see that cake to this day, I'm like, this is the sad cake. It just like <laughs> takes me back to that time. Um, so I left, but I stayed with him. Oh, Sean, that's an amazing image. Just a, a tear drenched apartment with this sad girl sitting inside looking out the window. I'm so thrilled that you even had the impetus to to get out of there but you didn't fully leave right like you were right. still with him yes I was like I'm gonna just go to follow my dreams like that's what I told myself but I mean mm. I came to LA with girl nothing like I drove out here I still had two years left of my visa I had no job I had nowhere to live I had no way of making money and as you know with the 01 you can only work in the field that you've been approved for 
And, yes. you know, I wasn't approved to work at Foot Locker, which would have been great to help me sustain. So I yeah. just it was a really hard time figuring it out. And originally when I came, I told him I was coming for pilot season. Like, I'm only going for a few months and then a few months and I'm going to stay for a little longer. And, then, you know, it's been five years. So that's that. That's awesome, though, because, you know, with some breakups, it's like this magical moment where like you're in a toxic relationship and you break free. But it's not always that easy. You know, you were so weakened by five years of that that it's so cool that like your body kicked in and was like hey I'm just going to sneak down here for a while it's no big deal (laughs) and you gradually just got yourself out of there Right. It was like one part of my brain conspiring to save the other without communicating that to them like, wow. like, no, don't worry. You're still stay with them. You're still going to keep trying. We're just going to move across the country. It's no big deal. You guys are still, <laughs> you're still totally a thing. Don't freak out. <laughs> Thousands of miles away, different time zones. How did you finally cut ties with him? You were broke living in LA, but did you feel any sense of relief or coming back to yourself? Yeah, I mean, like, this slowly you started, you know, doing things and it just, it got progressively worse. He got angry when I went out. He was like... Mm-hmm. He got angry when I was around other people. And of course, this entire time, like the cheating didn't stop. And like, he didn't allow me to date other people. But like, I always found out he was seeing other people. And this went on, honestly, for way. I'm embarrassed how long I went on for because I moved in April of 2014. And then it was September 2015 that essentially what happened is during this entire time, mind you, I have been like, I went to school in San Francisco uh, to get my associate in sex ed and to be a clinical sexologist. So during this time, I'm learning so much about my body, myself, um, my pituitary glands, my hormones, like how these things work. And I'm with this partner who's just not a reflection of my growth. And sexually, it was fucking awful. Like we just had such terrible sex and I'm like trying to introduce new things and he was like resentful of that like he would make fun of me if I tried something new in the bedroom he's like what was that like were you trying to cast a spell on my dick I'm like no I was just trying this thing I learned in school like I was just really trying to grow and he just wasn't you know he wasn't like open to that also casting a spell on a dick would be cool if right? it was possible like he should be happy <laughs> he should have been did he visit you in California or you went back to Canada or yeah it was an awful mix of both right and oh you know like going back it's just like Going back to Canada was always, it's always just arguments. And like he came here to L.A. And for example, I worked a job for the BET Awards and I like missed half of my job because we got into arguments. And he would come and watch me speak. And every single time I would speak afterwards, he would find something that I said that he thought was disrespectful to him. And that would be the next six hours of my life. It was just constant Mm -hmm. turmoil. And so essentially like in August, I was like, look. I have not fucked anyone else in this whole time we've been together and I need to. Like, it's just gone to that place. Like, we hardly see each other. We don't have sex. When we do have sex, it's not that great. Like, I just have to be honest. I'm like, I need personally to have this experience with someone else. And he was like, look, let's give it one more month. I'm going to give my complete all to you. Please don't go this route. Let's really try to make this work. I'm going to come and see you in September. It'll be great. And sure enough, you know, we had this month where things were pretty good, like, leading up to him coming back. And it was like, it was pretty nice. And then he arrived. We had one good day together. And then the following day, we went to a meeting and I came with him. And then afterwards, we got into a big argument because I didn't side with him on something. And I had a big meeting that day as well, like midday. And so he's arguing with me, arguing with me. And I'm like, I really have to go for time. Like, I really have to go. And then he was just kept arguing. I'm like, look, 
we have to put a pin in this conversation. I have to leave. Um, he had actually bought me this like bracelet from Swarovski the day before. And so I put my bracelet on and I left. And as I'm driving, I'm like, this guy's such a dick. And then, of course, I look at my bracelet. I'm like, no, could you love more? Could you try more? You should really like just try again. And so I message him and just say, you know, I love you so much. I'm sorry that we're arguing. We're going to come home and have a great day. Whatever's clever. Go to my meeting. I come home and he's not there. But his laptop is. And I'm like, I'm not going to go through it. I'm not going to do that. So I'm just like washing my dishes, cleaning up. And then I walk by the laptop and I'm like, I'm definitely going to do it. <laughs> so once again, I somehow figure out the password. I crack that shit. I don't know what, like, it just happened. And do you know with Max? Probably just like, I like girls. Right. <laughs> I'm a dick. <laughs> I used to be a baller. Now I'm kind of nothing. But anyway. <laughs> That's pretty much it was actually his mom's uh, home phone number, the last four numbers. This that's how oh crazy I had to get into this girl. I don't know. But also you're such a genius. I know. There was actually like a real art to this at some point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. So you got so you got into his laptop. So I opened his laptop. And you know with mm-hmm. Max, your text messages go to your computer, like if it's oh, synced yes. up. The iMessages. Yeah. Yeah. So girl, I open the computer and his text messages and I see him live sexting this girl. <gasps> and so I joined the conversation. And <laughs> I just type. I was like, Oh hey, this is Shan. He's staying with me. I've seen, because I've seen his emails. I'm in his email too. So I knew this girl. And he just always was like, she's just really nice. She's just really helpful. And of course, you know, she was this other woman. And so I was like, hey, he's staying with me. This is the thing. I, I've heard about you before. He told me that you're just somebody who's like a really a keener. And then of course, I just see chat bubble disappear. Chat bubble disappear. You know, no one's <laughs> responding. They have left the conversation. Right. And then he comes sprinting down the hall. So I don't know. I think he went to like go work out somewhere. And so he tears into the apartment and I was just like, this is it, bruh. Like he was just, you know, all the crying and screaming. And you know what pissed me off so much is that I had this release of like screaming. I'm not, I don't have a temper. So I very rarely get angry Mm -hmm. or yell, but I had this release of like yelling and then he starts yelling over top of me. I'm like, can I have a goddamn moment? Like, can (laughs) I have this time, please, sir? Like, can we just let this be about my pain for a second? And he's yelling louder. And so now I'm like, okay, I have to shut up. And then it became like, honestly, some Acme stuff. Like I ran out of my apartment. He chased (laughs) after me. I had to hide the keys. It was so stupid. It was the dumbest hour of my life. He he had like dynamite bound up with twine. (laughs) You had like one of those cars that you have to run with your legs. He carved a hole in the wall. So I had to trip through it. And then he caught me. And then it was just like so stupid. And that was the wow. last time I ever saw him. I kicked him out of my place. And I literally, that was 2015. I've never seen him again. The end. Wow. I cannot believe that you literally joined a conversation where he was sexting. And then he had the audacity to start yelling over you. Oh, yeah. He was just um, a narcissist. So everything right. goes back to him and his pain and then of course like his final words to me was like I was going to break up with you anyways when you got back and I was like whatever helps you win right now you know what I mean yeah. whatever that thing is and so I just like flash, flashed your bracelet in his eyes oh my he took it back bye <gasps> he took that shit back he really did and you know what girl I was so poor at the time but like maybe a week later I went out and bought it again for myself you know what I mean like 
is $125. Like, don't feel like you're exciting, boy. But I bought that bracelet, <laughs> and then I, I gave it away to someone, like, a few years ago. But, yeah, it was oh, one of those wow. symbolic things for me because, you know, it was just, it was just a, a sign of the relationship. I'm so, so glad Shan got out of there. I know that it sounds funny the way Shan describes it, like all cartoonish, but I think it must have been scary to live it. And now, in the aftermath, Shan has found a much more positive view of herself, and she's found somebody who values her too. Honestly, I met my husband a month later. I had known about him for a year. I mean, I just didn't... You, a month after you broke up? A month after I broke up, did you have a mourning period? Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a total mourning period. The breakup was slow. It like happened really fast, but it was a long time of recognizing that, I mean, he's not going to move to this country. I don't want to move back home. We're not compatible. There's a lot of thoughts that you have. It's not as if this is the first time it occurred to me that this is not the person I'm supposed to be around. Mm -hmm. And so when it finally broke, there was a part of me that was like, the sex thing had to get cleared up. I needed to find somebody. Like, there was just so much <laughs> pent-up sexual frustration that I'd experienced over the years. And, like, yeah, I just, I, that was a priority for me. Are you, like, in the school of thought that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? Or are you like, I could have done with it all of that? Oh, girl, I could have <laughs> read the Coles notes 100%. I could have watched the movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I definitely... Well, that's why it's so generous of you to, like, talk to me about this today. Because... I just wonder if there's people in a similar situation, you know, who can't really f- see the woods for the trees. Right. It is just, you just honestly can't change people that much. And yeah. you have to assess. I think everyone comes with a challenge. Like my current relationship, there's a challenge in it. We are on very different financial places in our life. But like, that's a challenge I can totally cope with. And we're fine. So every relationship is going to come with a challenge you just have to know which one you're willing to work with and the challenges that he faced didn't would never have worked with me and they were breaking me down slowly and so if you're in a relationship right now and you know what the, your issue is and you're like maybe with time like maybe is the right term um probably not and so i knew everything about him that ended up being why i couldn't be with him from day one there was no revealing of things that he tricked me with. And I often meet people who were like, that person tricked me for six months. I'm like, ah, probably not. When you really talk to people, the issue that ends relationships are the things that they were aware of from day one. So if you if you know that right now you're with somebody who the issue that the two of you face is just not something that allows you to be your best self while working with them, that's probably not the right relationship for you. My relationship is so easy. It is so easy and I've literally never been better at anything in my life than loving my partner. Like I am a Olympian at that. And (laughs) that is not something that I probably would have said about any other relationship. But I think over time of knowing myself, knowing what to prioritize and looking for that in a partner, I was able to align myself with somebody who's just like the perfect fit for me. So this breakup, it obviously made space for this new relationship. And now I think you guys are engaged. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. And so what's your view on breakups now? Like, do you think, oh, they're necessary evils or like, how do you how do you feel about breakups? Yeah, I mean, breakups are necessary. Um, I think there's a difference, though. Like I meet some people whom like they've just been in healthy relationships constantly and sometimes healthy relationships run their course. Like I've had some great jobs that just ended and it was difficult. But ultimately, like I learned so much in that job. I made new friends. It was like I have a connection for life and it was like a positive conclusion. That's where I think 
breakups work best. When you're just with a toxic person, like I think people are like, I don't regret anything because I learned the lessons. I'm like, I really could have read the book. <laughs> I really genuinely don't need those kind of lessons. I don't need to learn that mm-hmm. I don't want to be in an abusive relationship. I don't need to learn that I don't want to put my health at risk. I don't need to learn that yeah. I need to find someone who values me. Like I would have rather have learned like, oh, like this person taught me about accounting and about the world. And in the end, they wanted kids and I didn't or whatever that dif- that difference was. And so we just naturally yeah. decided to go our separate ways. But it was a beautiful experience where I grew. Like when I look at those five years of my life, I was with my ex. Not only was it like a difficult time, but I wasn't growing in my career at all. I wasn't yeah. growing in friendships. I mean, I made a big leap to move to L.A. But even then, like it's not until he and I broke up that I started to really find my footing. It was just when you're in a relationship that consumes so much of your time and um, this therapist that I love, Dr. Barry, refers to them as zombie relationships because all you can do is feed them time and brains. You just have to give it your energy and it's never going to be enough because it's dead. That's funny because I'm always complaining about like, guys don't want me for my brain. Right. (laughs) They just want to consume it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I mean, with all of your expertise now and also like you're hosting the show about breakups, do you have any insight for us? Like why you think people are so willing to just like get into relationships with strangers? Like what happens? It's a natural biological drive. You know, when you watch March of the Penguins, you can see that as beautiful or see that as like, oh, like the chains of biology are so strong that these penguins will march to the worst part of the world put themselves at danger, starve themselves to death, be so unhappy and cold just to reproduce. And you you realize the fact that like they pair off with a penguin and they start doing this march. It doesn't matter if that penguin's got bad breath or has a gambling problem. You're going to stick with it because like that's who you've chosen. And so that's just, I think, the biological connection. We are born to bond. We have advanced far beyond our DNA can keep up. Like, 200 years ago, the asshole was the person to be with because he stole the food and he had the biggest house and he yelled the Mm -hmm. loudest. Like, that was the guy you wanted, right? And Yeah, like as a tough protector and provider. Yeah. And now we don't. I'd rather the guy who's sitting behind a computer and, like, knows how to fix my Gmail and it starts acting funky. Like, that's the, the hero that I need in my life. But our DNA hasn't really caught up. Well, thanks so much for your insight and your wisdom. It was just so lovely to chat to you today. Thank you so much. This has been incredible. I hope that you also feel a little more healed after this conversation with Shan. She was in a seriously toxic situation, but when you're in it, it can be really hard to see all the ways it's hurting you. Thank goodness Shan was able to break up. And now she helps other couples and single people alike with their own relationships. My guest this week was Shan Boudram. You can follow her work and her relationship on Instagram at Shan Booty. And for more about the show, head over to our website, hello-sunshine.com. For our next episode, we have a super special show for you. It features this conversation with the writer Ashley C. Ford. I adore her. I never met her and it was our first time meeting and chatting and we did it in front of a live audience. I was not thinking about Kelly, but apparently he noticed me immediately. Mm. Um, Not surprising. (laughs) Like, have you seen me? I look like the brown M&M. I'm delicious. Um, Oh, I thought you meant um, M&M, the rapper. (laughs) 
And I was like, no, you don't. I 100% do not look like that Eminem. I look like the candy. You're pretty. I was like, you don't look like candy. I'm incredibly pretty. Like the candy. She's really pretty and really smart. <laughs> Have you seen the brown Eminem? She's pretty and smart. Like that's her thing. In the meantime, please use the hashtag MyBestBreakup and tell us all about your best breakup. You can join the conversation on Facebook. Just search My Best Breakup. And make sure to subscribe and review applepodcast.com slash breakup or wherever you listen to podcasts. My Best Breakup is a production of Hello Sunshine. It's executive produced by Amy S. Choi, Charlotte Coe, Rebecca Lair and Reese Witherspoon. Senior producer is Lindsay Cradwell and sound design is by Jocelyn Gonzalez and Samantha Gatzek. Music composed by Jeff Tang. Production support by Shelby Sandlin and Mary Phillips Sandy. Oh my God, the penguins. That was so funny. A penguin with a gambling problem. It just really made me see that <laughs> happening. Shan, you're so funny. Oh my God. Oh, he sounds cute though.